Hey, whether you enjoy listening to Breaking Down Collapse or Building Up Resilience, I think you'll also really enjoy our bonus content on Patreon. Yeah, Kellen and I take 20 minutes each week to talk about the news that's happening all around us and Collapse as it plays out. We like to have a little fun with it, but also make sure that you're aware of what's going on in the world of Collapse. We look forward to having you join us there. The link to join us on Patreon is in the episode description. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, Kellen, um, if you haven't been watching the YouTube channel, you wouldn't know. But if you are watching the YouTube, YouTube channel, you would see something a little different than uh, than normal back here, which is this cool little, like, wood logo design that we had made as a nice uh, – to round out the the boring looking at our faces on YouTube. Yeah, it's really cool. It's, um, like, textured. I, I feel like it doesn't do justice – like not even close. from from the camera view yeah but it's backlit there's some some color behind it and you can see the different uh like the background and the foreground the city and the bird with the whole phoenix theme i think it's really awesome so i'm excited that it's just it's it's now going to be part of the scenery here as we have these conversations yeah so i mean it's basically our cover art right made into this design so it was actually my brother that made it for us thank you and uh he he basically bought a um like a chinese version of the glowforge that cuts these things but he designed it himself he figured out the textures and how it all fits together and spent all this time doing it so anyway we really appreciate him for doing that and i think it looks great me too cool also i got a new hat <laughs> you sure did i didn't think it was going to happen ever but my wife bought it for me she actually bought me two hats for father's day so um, when are you going to allow our viewers to see you without a hat? So I told my son that I would grow out my hair for him. He's growing his hair out. He always likes to have it long. He cut it a while back and then he wasn't sure if he wanted to grow it out. 
And I said, well, if you do it, I'll do it. And I don't look good with long hair and I don't know what to do with it yet. And I'm in that weird, awkward in between stage where it's too long to like tame, but not long enough to just like put it in a bun or something. So I just, uh, I just donned the hats so I don't have to spend any time worrying about it. So maybe in the future I'll figure something out, but for now it's just easier to walk out the door with a hat. Well, congrats on getting a new hat. <laughs> Thanks. It's the little things, you know, it's the little things. Yeah. All right. So last episode, we talked about establishing your desired outcome. Um, and I think that was great. It was cool to go through all that. Um, now that we have figured that out, we know what we want. The next sort of transition, the step is to now talk about what is the scope of all the things that are important that we could spend time learning about, right? We're going to spend some time as we go through learning about each one of these and applying things to each one of these. Uh, in later steps, we'll figure out which ones we really need to prioritize uh, for based on our given scenario, our circumstances, um, and variables. But I think it'll be good today to go through each one of those. There's 12 of them and discuss um, what they are briefly, um, why they're important and how they apply to overall resilience and preparation. Yeah. And these pillars are basically like everything that any aspect of preparedness or resilience, you can fit into one of these categories. And so, uh, you know, today we'll kind of be stepping through just the general like categories. Um, but in the future, we'll be able to dive into all the sub bullets, right? All, all of the points that fall underneath each one of these categories. And there's so much to it. And I love that, like, we, we do need to start with considering each of these things and that'll help us start to make a plan. But it, the plan, we can't really put it together until we combine all of the pillars with the variables, right? So, it's almost like if I walk into a store and like, if I just say I need a t-shirt, well, like, am I buying a t-shirt for me or am I buying a t-shirt for my four-year-old daughter? Right. And am I like, what are my color preferences and what are, how big are you? What size? Yeah. Is it like, do I need to be able to wear it in a more formal setting or in like an athletic event? And, and all of those things will determine what kind of a t-shirt. So the same thing goes, you know, one of the categories that we'll discuss is water. And it's like, yes, we all need water. We have to have water. Um, but like, you know, depending on your situation, if you live in downtown London versus if you're in like a rural part of Alberta, your access to water is going to look different. Like, are you going to use in one situation? It makes sense maybe to dig a well and in another, it doesn't or if you're in a certain situation, maybe you'd use like rainwater catchment or the way that you store it or the way that you, you, um, sanitize it. All of that is going to look different based on your situation, but it's a pillar because all of us need water. Right. And so there's obviously a difference between like our most basic like requirements, right? Water is one of those that it's going to be a priority for everybody. It might be more of a priority to certain people because they lack consistent access to it, whereas someone else might have consistent access all the time and they're not worried about that. So the amount of time you spend on it might be different, but the fact that it is essential for everybody remains consistent, right? So obviously 
going off of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? We, we've got food, we've got water, and we've got shelter. So those are the first three of the 12, and they are 100% absolutely vital. We will spend a significant portion of our time on those three. Probably if there are 12 and those three make up 25% of the overall pillars, we will spend more than 25% on figuring out those three in this podcast because they are so important and because they are so broad. Yeah. And, and those are just, it's such a no brainer. Like anybody that is thinking about preparedness, resilience, anybody who's even talking about human survival, like they're always going to list food, water, shelter, right? We've got to have those things. Those are, those are a significant part of our everyday lives already. They are something that we probably all think about quite a bit. Maybe not water. Maybe we're not constantly thinking about where we're going to get our water from. But when it comes to grocery shopping, the type of food that we're eating and preparing meals, you know, that's already a significant part of our budget, of our time, of our energy is spent on things like food. A significant portion of our budget is spent on shelter. When you think about rental or mortgage prices, right, or, um, you know, just keeping your home tidy and clean and decorated and all those things, that, that's already a, a significant portion of our time. And it becomes even more crucial when um, access to those things start to become limited. Yeah. And by the way, you mentioned Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I think a lot of people are familiar with that. It's a very common model that's out there. But for those that aren't, it's just a useful way to be able to kind of think about human needs. So if you picture a pyramid down at the base, it's physiological needs. So things like air and water and food and shelter and sleep or all of that. And then safety needs. And then love and belonging and esteem and self-actualization, right? Like that desire to become the most that we can be. Now, somebody can't achieve like the, the higher levels of that pyramid until they have the lower levels. If your physiological needs are not met, then like you're not going to be able to survive. You're not going to right. be able to achieve that self-actualization. You're like, I don't have any food or water, but I love myself and I'll live off of that. Right. Good luck. Yeah. So that's why it's a hierarchy. And that's the case with, you know, each of these categories that we're going to be talking about. Um, I don't think we're going to go through them in any particular order right now, but at least we know food, water, shelter, like those physiological needs, we've got to have those to yeah, start. Absolutely. By the way, I know that there, I've heard that there's some like, intense critiques of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I don't know what they are. I haven't paid a lot of attention to that. So we're not here saying that that's like the perfect example, right? But it's that idea that there is um, a prioritization of needs. Food, water, and shelter are the very base level. There is no arguing that. Yeah, it's just a model, right? So I don't think we right now we need to talk a whole lot about food, water, shelter. We will be diving into those in in the future. Like you said, there's so much to talk about there. But as we're just going through what the pillars are, what things we need to start considering as we're building out our personal plan for preparedness, um, security is another big one. So I think most people, when they think about security, at least in like the prepper sphere, they're just thinking guns. Guns, booby traps. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just, it makes me kind of giggly to think about um, this idea that like, it's the apocalypse, right? Or just general collapse. Like we think about it and like 
someone's booby trapped their house and they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna isolate themselves and survive that way it's literally laughable it's it's pretty ridiculous and and not that like obviously there are ways that you need to be able to protect yourself in your home and that's for sure so important but i think people get this romanticized like this hollywood version in their mind of of what things are going to look like when they get difficult yeah and i just think the reality is far from that yeah but anyway, so outside of guns, maybe talk us through like security, just in general, what are some of the other aspects that might be included there? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> overall, there's just a security mindset that we have to have, right? They talk about operational security, OPSEC, um, is one thing. It, it's a way of living, of thinking, right? It's knowing your surroundings. Um, it's being aware of what's happening around you, of anything that's out of the ordinary. It's uh, if you've seen Psych. Uh, it's like Sean Spencer's dad's always like, how many hats are in the room, right? And where's the nearest exit? And and all these things that we kind of just need to learn to have in our minds so that when things happen, um, we are the most prepared to act on them. With operational security, uh, OPSEC, there are just things that you do. There's rules to follow. There are things you do. There are things you don't do. So it like protests, you know, any time that you're doing something where there is um, a danger potentially posed to you, OPSEC is super important. Um, if you are a minority, right, in an area where people might be looking for you, OPSEC is super important. So that's that's a big piece of it, something we'll talk about. Um, how you um, teach your children, others, right, in your community around you to be mindful, um, what's appropriate with security, what's inappropriate, right, from booby trapping your house, you know, setting a, a trip a wire a trip wire or something that's not doesn't seem appropriate right in most circumstances um getting a good lock for your door though um double paned windows you know that type of thing is a, a smart thing to do um we are not anti-weapon you and i right i don't think a, guns are necessarily always the right answer um, but there are multiple different types of weapons that you can keep on you, right? And some are more appropriate than others based on the circumstance, um, the location that you're in. Are you at home? Are you away? So anyway, there is, um, there's a ton of that. And then one other kind of key area to talk about there is travel security. So anytime you're away from your home, it's going to be a completely different type of, um, of security than when you're at your home. And so being prepared and secure um, for both of those circumstances are things that we'll dig into. Yeah. And we, you know, we kind of teased about guns just because that's what people usually think about when they think about security is like they, they first think of guns. Um, but even though we kind of laughed about that, like that is a, an important aspect of security and it is one that we will be discussing in the future. Um, firearms, when you, you think about not only having one and having the right type of gun for what risks you anticipate, but also the gun safety and being trained on it hugely right? and having it locked away in, in the right way. So your kids don't get a hold of it. Like all of those aspects come down to how you manage your personal security. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we will talk about that. Um, and, and not, that's not, also not to say that everyone should have a gun. There are people who should not have guns, right. Um, or, or who don't want to have guns and there's nothing wrong with that. So again, that's just up to your personal circumstances your desires what you want to prepare for and how you want to prepare so we'll touch on it um, but there's no not necessarily any prescription saying that you should or shouldn't which again security is a pillar yeah everybody needs it 
when you combine it with your personal situation, your variables, that's going to determine what type of security you need. Absolutely. And by the way, as we go through these pillars, um, from here on out, they're not really in any particular order, right? We're just kind of going through these. Um, physical health. So that one's pretty obvious. Um, but physical health is really important. Um, again, when we talk about the variables here, it, it, it starts with how you are right now, where you're at on your physical health journey. Some people are f- faced with disabilities, right? There are diseases, there are hardships um, that are outside of your control that you may be facing. Um, there are things that may be more within your control. Maybe you're um, out of shape, right? And, and <clears throat> that could be remedied. So taking a look at all those things, you know, there's a lot of subcategories here. Um, first aid, right? Emergency medical, how, how to treat um, things as they happen when you don't have access to a doctor, for example. Um, we can talk about, um, of course, fitness. We can talk about those pre-existing conditions, medicine, whether that's, um, you know, more natural homeopathic type medicines versus um, having access to the meds that you need when you need them. Um, stock being able to stockpile medicine um, if you have pre-existing conditions, things like that. So um, anyway, that's that's physical health. There's a lot to talk about there. Yeah, and I think there's equally enough or as much to talk about when it comes to another pillar, which is mental health. And this is one that I'm huge on. I think it's perhaps, if you talk about a hierarchy, I feel like your mental health is one of the most important pillars. And there's so much that goes into that. There, there are things like how you cope with stress. We're talking about anticipating difficult situations. And even currently, most people are in pretty difficult situations. And so being able to handle those situations, that emotional resilience, the emotional intelligence, um, that ties into how you interact with others, um, which has some crossover into another pillar. Uh, but the way that we take care of our mental health is going to determine how well we're able to do just about everything else. Yeah, for sure. I mean, our mental health, the state of our mental health could change the entirety of how we prepare, right? Um, our desired outcome that we've established could be completely different based on where our mental health is at. And like you said, it affects how we react to, with other people, right? How we interact with people, I should say. And so um, making sure that our mental health is in tip-top shape is going to be super important. And again, we're all starting at different places. We all react differently to different things. So being vulnerable with ourselves, figuring out what that means, and then taking steps to 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 improve it. Okay, so we talked about food as as a pillar, water, shelter, security, physical health, mental health. Um, as we get into some of these others, I, I think there's some really interesting aspects. One of them, one of these pillars is finances like your financial situation. And this one I think gets often overlooked, (laughs) but it is so important, especially because um, like it it will determine the way that you're able to prepare, but also it's going to determine much of how you're able to handle situations as they come your way. Yeah. And I think oftentimes people think of just like that big disaster that hits and maybe in that moment, like what, what, how you've managed your finances isn't going to, you know, change a whole lot, but, uh, so much of what we anticipate for the future has to do with, it, it's kind of a gradual, it's a slow burn. And those that are in a better financial position 
certainly will be more fortunate. They'll be able to, uh, they'll have that buffer to be able to handle whatever comes their way much easier. And so there's so much when it comes to finances, it's, it's an aspect of who we are and our health. And there's a lot that's outside of our control, but there's also a lot that's within our control. Yeah. I think what you're trying to say is the ultra wealthy uh, have the biggest advantage through collapse. And, um, that is true and sadly true, right? Because none of us are the ultra wealthy. Um, but I think that that is a spectrum, right? So you go from absolute, um, impoverished or indebted, right? Sort of a slave to debt, uh, on one end up to ultra wealthy on the other end. And the further we can get from enslaved by debt, the better off we're going to be. If we're enslaved by debt right now, if we're living paycheck to paycheck, we're barely getting by, maybe we're not getting by, that's going to make it harder to prepare, right? If your financial situation is in a healthy place, it is going to be easier straight up to 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 get the basics that you need um, to prepare. If you have a little bit of discretionary income that can go towards, towards preparation, um, it makes a huge difference. And so um, the idea here is not to say or claim that everyone can do that, can achieve having discretionary income. But it is to say, we need to be doing everything in our power to make sure that we are using the assets that we have, right, the right way, that our budget is going towards the right things, the necessary things. And if there is a way to free some of that up, um, great, we can find ways to do that and let's do it. We've also talked about how um, everything that happens in collapse manifests itself economically first, right? Um, as a couple of examples, right, we talk about limited resources. Um, as resources are limited, it's always going to show up as a financial problem. That's going to cause um, economic issues, which is going to cause job loss, which is going to cause um, from there food shortages and things. But but it starts with things like job loss. Are you prepared to lose your job? Um, and so knowing that um, the people who are able to hold on the longest financially may be the ones that are able to um, hold out longer in a collapse. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, it's like everything that happens on a macro scale represents itself economically and, and impacts us financially. And, and you mentioned that example, I think of something like, you know, climate change. And as, as we get more and more natural disasters, maybe you personally don't get hit by a natural disaster, but as other areas of the country or of the world do, that causes food shortages, 
right? Or that causes insurance rates to go up. It causes inflation. It, all these things that will impact you um, personally, financially, even though that's happening kind of on a general or a macro scale. So that's like, we're always going to see that, but even almost anything that hits you on a, on a personal, like a micro scale is also going to manifest itself financially. If you come down with some sort of a, like a, a, a really difficult disease to treat, well, you're going to be a whole lot better off if you've got the finances to get the medical treatment that you need. Uh, if you lose your job, right? Obviously, if you put yourself in a good financial situation, you're going to be better off. If uh, if almost anything happens to you personally, you will be better off with if you take care of your finances. So there's a lot to talk about here. We don't need to dive more into it at the moment, but hopefully people understand the importance. Yeah, exactly. Collapse of society or not, people go through these types of difficulties every day. And we could live the rest of our lives with a, a steady economy, but like there's still a chance you lose your job. There's still a chance you find yourself in need of finances. And so being healthy there is super important. Okay, um, sanitation. So you can kind of do sanitation slash hygiene on this one. Um, and I think at first, like first hearing that, it's like, what are you saying? Like, like you don't want to be stinky or something. But in all reality, when we think about relying on the utilities and things like that, a lot of people don't consider what they would do if suddenly they could not flush their toilet, for example. That's a big problem. We we take for granted the fact uh, that we have access to plumbing, right? Um, which I'm guessing most of our listeners do. Perhaps not everyone does, right? We've lived in places where there wasn't indoor plumbing and, and we experienced um, that. People are used to that who currently don't have it. But if you do have it now, and to picture it not being gone, or excuse me, not working, it being gone, and you're not having access to a toilet, what do you do, right? Most people are like, I don't know, find a bucket or dig a hole or something, you know, I don't know. Um, so that's one small aspect of it. There's lots of things. Um, bathing ourselves, right? How are you keeping clean? How are you preventing diseases? You know, what about um, waste management, right? Suddenly the garbage man's not coming to pick up your trash anymore. What are you doing with that trash? Um, again, how are you handling that appropriately to prevent diseases and uh, other things. What about dental hygiene, right? You think about, I've heard some of the worst pain that people can feel is like an abscess in their tooth, right? Um, if you can't control or, or manage your your dental health um, when there's no toothpaste, you know, how long are you going to be able to, to make it? So anyway, just some really simple things um, that most people don't think about, but that are in actuality very important to um, living any, having any sort of quality of life. Yeah, it makes me think about when the COVID pandemic hit and all of a sudden there was a toilet paper shortage and a lot of people were panicked, right? Like driving around for hours, going from store to store, trying to find, because I had never prepared for that or thought about what could happen if they suddenly didn't have that. And one thing I think is worth pointing out here is that some of these pillars like they all intersect, right? And and there's some crossover. So when you talk about like your dental hygiene, there that obviously crosses over with that other pillar of physical health. So sanitation, hygiene, like ties right into physical health, but there's enough there that we've grouped it into its own category. Yep, well said. Uh, communication is a big one. So um, we'll dive into different forms of communication, um, 
communication plans, right? If you have family, um, having a plan put together for what to do in, in the case of an emergency, do you have a meeting spot? Um, how are you going to communicate? Do you have a family member somewhere else that you can communicate through if needed? Um, if you know, you work away from home and your kids are at school and all that, what is the plan? Because when there is an emergency, um, you don't want to be stuck not knowing what to do. On top of that, there's other forms of communication, right? If, if our cell phones are out and, and the internet's not working, um, what's next, right? So there are different things like ham radio and CB radio and all these different things that people have learned to be able to communicate um, when when things like that should happen. Yeah, it makes me think about like a very rudimentary form of communication, but a very effective one. Um, when I was a kid, you know, my parents lived in, we, we lived somewhere that my parents don't live anymore. But in that neighborhood, somebody took the initiative and thought like, hey, if there's ever a disaster, we need a, a good way to communicate. And so they passed out around the neighborhood these packets. And basically, it's like there's either, you know, like a, a green light, a yellow light, or a red light. It's not an actual light. It's just a piece of paper. But green means like, hey, everything's okay. We don't need any help. Yellow is like, yes, we need help, but it's not urgent. And red is like, we need help right now. And it's just something that if there's a disaster that hits everyone can just put that up in their front window and that way it's a way to communicate. And that goes into another pillar that we're going to take a lot of time on, which is community, right? Community and, and, and relationships. But just while we're here with communication, I think it's so vital that we know exactly how we intend to communicate when our existing channels of communication are no, no, no longer available. Great. Yeah. Well said. Um, <clears throat> when it comes to community, right, it's, it's such an important pillar that we've made it its own part of the framework. It's an entire step of the framework is to build community. We also talked about it as a principle. So like it's a principle, it's part of the framework, it's a pillar. It's, it is everything that preparation and resilience is based around is community development. So, um, you know, being able to build trusting relationships with people. Um, there's not going to be any communication if you don't have a trusting relationship in the first place. No one's going to take the time to put that yellow, green, or red light in their window, um, signaling if they're okay or not, if they don't care what anyone else, you know, if they don't trust um, the process, trust each other. Um, if I don't trust people, me putting a red paper in that window is me saying I'm vulnerable, <laughs> you know, um, rather than saying I need help and I know that I'm around people who will give it to me if they can. Um, so yeah, I mean, goodness, there is so much with community building, um, just getting to know your neighbors, building a trusting relationship, starting from the ground up. That is so hard to do in so many situations, right? Again, there are so many variables and circumstances in which people might be thinking, this is impossible. There's no way I'm building community here. Um, but yeah, I think we got to everywhere. We got to start somewhere. And there is like an ultimate goal that we want to reach with community, but every little step, every little effort that we put along the way will go a long way. Yeah. And, and at one point when we were creating all of these pillars and Corey, you took the lead on kind of categorizing all these things that we were taking a look at, we kind of had two different categories. We were thinking of like relationships and community. And, you know, there are all these things with interpersonal relationships with those that are already 
your your closest family members and friends that it's so important to how resilient you are um but we've kind of lumped that into the larger scale of community and there's just kind of like the rings of the target that we've talked about there's there's different uh levels there's different layers to how you can build that kind of community resilience yeah yeah i mean for example your relationship our our relationship right um is going to be very different than a relationship I might have with my neighbor. I am closer to my next door neighbor in proximity than I am to you, right? But both of those relationships are extremely important in different ways. My my relationship with my next door neighbor is never going to be like my relationship with you, right? We have known each other for 20 plus years. We have cultivated this deep friendship, you know, lasting trust. I may never have that with my neighbor, but that relationship is important in its own way, and I need to cultivate that in its own way as well. And there's so much strategy to it. Um, like, uh, I, I think of some people that when they think about how they want to be resilient and pre- be prepared in a community sense, they're like, I got to be friends with a doctor and with a plumber and with, you know, like... It's like transactional. Yeah, and we want to get away from that. It shouldn't be a transactional thing. That's why the actual relationships that we're building is such an important part of community. But on the other hand, like knowing the strengths of those around you and kind of what your network looks like is going to be very beneficial. So there's, there's a lot to talk about in terms of just the strategy of community building as well. Absolutely. Okay, good. So going from there, um, energy is a huge one, right? Again, this is not in any particular order. Maybe you would put energy uh, closer to the beginning. Energy is how we get anything done, right? And so whether that's uh, what's called somatic energy, which is energy using our own bodies, our own muscles to get things done, which again ties into like physical health, also just knowing how to do certain things. But then we've got all the other energy sources, the the extra somatic energies, um, fuel types, right? Solar, wind, all these different techie options versus non-tech options. What are they, right? What are those options? What are they used to power? How do we access them? How do we conserve them? How do we prioritize what we spend our energy on? How do we make sure not to waste energy? Um, there are going to be, you know, for again, based on the variables, certain people are going to need to prioritize um, energy used towards like sanitizing their water, right? Or purifying their water. Other people might not have that problem, so they need to conserve energy towards um, like a light source or a heat source or something else like that. So it's figuring out what energy we need, where it's going to be most important to us, and then figuring out how we can source that energy um, in a resilient way, not just in a, you know, I have some batteries in a flashlight sort of way. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, it's going to be different for everybody. I'm thinking about you know, if you're somebody that lives in an area that can get really cold in the wintertime, if you're suddenly without power, like you, there are lots of different options, but you've got to be prepared with something. Like, are you, go, are you going to have a wood burning fireplace? Uh, or do you, do you have a generator or do you have whatever to be able to provide heat to your home? I think about somebody that maybe has like a medical device that is crucial And maybe they haven't thought about, you know, if suddenly I didn't have access to power, what would I do to be able to keep this medical device charged? Uh, There's just so many things that energy, like you said, it has to do with 
everything that we're able to get done. And so uh, we, we need to be very mindful about every aspect of our lives when it comes to energy and how we can be prepared in that way. Last one is, uh, we've called it specialization, but it's basically the idea that there are a million other types of skills out there, right, that can be learned um, or acquired or assets or that can be acquired um, that have their place but aren't necessarily individually crucial to resilience overall. So um, we've talked previously about how overall generalization, sort of being a jack-of-all-trades, is super important, probably more important than specializing in one thing, putting all your eggs in one basket. That doesn't mean, though, that it can't be beneficial or that it might not be necessary to have some really specialized skills. Um, if you can get the right skills, right, that are in demand or needed, um, you will be able to serve yourself, you'll be able to serve other people, and those skills may be important enough to other people that, um, just like we see today, you're able to trade those skills for necessary things that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise, right? All over the world today, we trade our individualized, specialized skills um, in exchange for usually money, right, with which we can buy food and shelter and water to survive. Um, in the future, there may be things that we know how to do. Here's a random example. Um, I know how to repair shoes, for example. I don't, but that's that's a good one. If you did know how to repair shoes, and we went down this collapse scenario where affordable shoes became really hard to come by, um, and you know how to repair people's shoes, that is a skill that may get you through some tough times. Um, it may leave you with a job when so many are jobless. So it's just that that idea that there are a lot of different things that can be learned um, any other random skill that we haven't talked about here, you know, we've talked, we've made jokes before about like how to eat pine cones and whatnot, right? That a lot of the, the, the types of weird things you hear about in prepper podcasts, those would fit in here. Little tidbits of knowledge or deep skills that you can apply that others may not know about that can give you an edge um, in, in your ability to get by or help others. Yeah, and I, I'm sure when we dive further into it, there's this interesting intersection between like what your just interests and hobbies are and also what you're naturally gifted at and what you anticipate as risks and what kind of skill sets you want to develop in preparation for that. Uh, when all of that comes together, I think some really incredible things can happen. I think, for example, I know that if suddenly I wanted to get good at growing food. Like I know exactly who in my neighborhood is really good at gardening and that's the person I would go to. And so thinking about like what that specialization should look like based on our individual circumstances is really important. Yeah. Yeah. And when you think about being a jack of all trades, like we're not going to be equally good at all things. There's just no way for us to learn enough to be good enough at everything uh, that we need to be good at. And then we also, we have some areas that were stronger, some areas that were weaker. Um, hopefully the areas that were stronger, those, it's because those are things that we're interested in, right? And so as we think about things that we can individually specialize in, um, it's, it's going to hopefully be the things that we're passionate about that bring us joy. We're not wasting time and energy and mental health trying to learn about something that we hate. We're using what we're passionate about. And, and applying that to um, to resilience 
so that we can help other people with it later and again um, be able to help ourselves so i think we've outlined it's like hundreds of topics and we feel like they all fit under these 12 categories uh, for those that have thought through a lot of this before you might think oh you missed this category or you missed this one Maybe we'll have to make some adjustments later on, but I do feel pretty confident about these 12. So just let's see if off the, off the top of our heads, we can recap here. So there's food, water, shelter. We've talked about security, physical health, mental health. Um, I won't get the order right, but we've, we've talked about community. We've talked about specialization. We talked about sanitation, finances, finances, energy. And communication. So the, the, I'm, I'm really excited that we've, we've at least outlined what those categories are. We need to start considering those now because then later as we dive into like our individual circumstances and all of those variables that come into play uh, and, and we get deeper down this path, it's going to make a lot more sense and we're going to be uh, more thoughtful in, in being able to create a plan that works for us. Man, I'm just really excited. Uh, going through all these, I just, like you said, there are hundreds, if not thousands of different episodes that can come from going through all of those different things. Um, an endless trove of content, I think, that we can do research on and provide. I'm excited because, like we've talked about, we are not experts in any of these areas, right? We are going to be researching, learning about, growing with you, the listener, um, as we all kind of do this together. And I'm excited to strengthen my own resilience um, as we hopefully help other people strengthen theirs. So thanks for listening. Um, hope to see you again week after week. And uh, feel free to reach out to us. Um, we haven't really talked about that much in this podcast yet. Um, we have an email address from our previous podcast. It's breakingdowncollapse at gmail.com. So you can reach us there. Um, I'm on Reddit at Corey John. K-O-R-Y-J-O-N. Um, you can always uh, find me there or find us on Twitter at CollapsePod. So any uh, comments, anything that you think um, you, you want us to know, we're happy to hear it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.